0: you guys got your Bibles, you can turn those on or open those up to First Samuel chapter 1. That's where we're going to be tonight. First Samuel chapter 1. If you guys don't know me, my name is Jesse. I have the awesome privilege of, of being the college pastor here uh, for Engage. So we're glad that you're deciding to spend your Monday night here, my favorite night of the week. So glad that you guys are with us. And so uh, tonight we are continuing in our series, Like and Share. And so this is our second week in the series and really we're doing this based upon something that we all love that most of us find ourselves on a lot of hours every single day in this Instagram. And so if you weren't with us last week, let me just give, kind of give you, or two weeks ago, let me kind of give you a quick recap of what we talked about. So we kind of jumped into this series two weeks ago by looking at Mark chapter 9 where Jesus' disciples are walking down a road comparing themselves to one another to see who's the greatest. And what we talked about is what they're doing on that road, we find ourselves doing all the time on Instagram, comparing ourselves to one another to see how good we are, to see how great we're doing. But we talked about we don't compare because we have Instagram, we compare because we have insecurities, all of us walk into Instagram with all these insecurities in our life, all these past wounds that have caused us not to feel great about ourselves. And so when we get on Instagram, we just see those magnified as we look at the lives of other people and it feels like they're just going great. And so what we talked about as we kind of wrapped up last week is that if we want to, to learn not to have these insecurities and these different emotions that come with that, like discouragement, loneliness, and anxiety, we need to learn contentment over comparison. So that was the goal that we kind of set for this series is contentment over comparison and to have the standard of greatness that Jesus sets up in Mark chapter 9 that talks about greatness isn't about being in the best place, it's about being in last place and being a servant to everybody. So that's kind of a brief summary of what we talked about last or two weeks ago. And so tonight we're just going to continue on talking about these different emotions. And so tonight we're going to talk about discouragement. And so 1 Samuel chapter 1 is going to help us with that. Once again, if you have your Bibles, you can open it up there. If you don't, we got you covered. We're going to have the verses on the screen for you. So my junior year of high school, I went on a winter weekend retreat with a church that I was a part of. And I was, I was on this retreat. I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm having a good time. And there's this girl that's there who I've known since elementary school. And for some reason, out of nowhere, on this retreat, she starts wanting to be around me. And as she's around me, she starts kind of dropping these signs that she's interested in me, you know? Right, like she'll go out of her way to like talk to me or say hey to me. You know, I'll tell something that's really not that funny. She'll laugh like it's the funniest thing in the world. She'll stand next to me during during the music time, so that way when I raise my hand to worship, she could hold it. You know, just, you know, typical stuff like that. Um, And so this this girl, I really hadn't ever really looked at her that way before. Never really looked at her as somebody that I wanted to date. But for some reason on this trip, I don't really know what it was, but I found myself as she's kind of dropping these hints, being like, okay, okay, I see you, I see you, right? You want to do something, let's go, right? Like, I mean, it's (laughs) one of those where I just really found myself... (laughs) Being interested. I don't know why I did that. Um <laughs> found myself being interested too. And so well once that weekend retreat ends, we you know we continue to kind of talk and you know as we're just continuously kind of building this whatever you want to call it, you know, I started to realize that you know, this could maybe be the start of something new. And it just felt so right, you know, <laughs> being here with you. And you know, it's just one of those things that just felt really good. And so I thought this relationship's going in a really good direction, except for one minor detail that I should probably mention to you guys. She had just broken up with one of my best friends. And she was totally the one that ended the relationship. And to make this situation even more sticky, the guy that she was dating, I mean, he was a great guy, but he just really was a guy who didn't really have a lot of girls that he dated before her. So you can imagine how excited he was when she wanted to date him and then how he was pretty upset when she broke up. But guys, I like still really want to date this girl. <laughs> and so I realized, man, I, if, if I wanna continue through on this, I've got to talk to this guy. Right? I gotta have a conversation with him. Right? I gotta honor the guy code, right? I've got to make sure that he's cool with this. Because the last thing that I wanted to do was get caught up in a love triangle, right? To get caught up in this complicated, intermingling relationship with the three of us that was just going to be crazy, right? Right? This relationship because she likes me, but he still has feelings for her, but I'm friends with him, but I want there to be a us. So I kind of like, you know, all that kind of stuff that just kind of goes on in this love triangle. So I'm like, you know what? As weird and awkward and as strange as this conversation is going to be, I got to have it. Right, I got to talk to this guy because I don't wanna step into this love triangle where things are just gonna be a whole lot of messy. Because see, that's exactly what's going on as we step into the passage that we're gonna look at today. We start reading this story, what we're gonna see is that there are three people who are in this complicated love triangle. And the three people are this guy named Akina, one of his wives, Penina, and his other wife, Hannah. And because they're in this web of a relationship, because everything is kind of intermingled together, what we're gonna see is that things have gotten really messy. And so these three people, Alcina, Penina, and Hannah, have traveled, as we jump into the story, we're gonna see that they've traveled to a place called Shiloh. See, back in the Old Testament, Shiloh was the place, at least at this point, where people would go to offer sacrifices and to worship to God. And so this husband has brought his two wives. They've shown up to this place to worship and offer sacrifice to God, what they're supposed to do yearly. And that's where we jump into our story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning with verse four. So let's begin reading that together. It says, whenever Alcanna offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. So as soon as we jump into the story, we see that there's one blaring characteristic about Hannah. It's that she can't have kids, right? She can't get pregnant. And see, back then, this would have been a huge deal, huge deal. Because the primary way that a woman like Hannah back then found fulfillment in their life was by having kids. I mean, getting pregnant meant everything to them. So you can imagine as Hannah has spent all these years in this relationship and in this marriage, her inability to have kids has made her feel so incomplete. Right, made her feel like as a, wife, she is failing to do her job. And what makes this even more of a sticky situation is that Panina, when it comes to having kids, man, she's killing it. Because notice it says she has sons and daughters, right? So she has plural of both. So this girl has at least four kids, right? So unlike Hannah, man, she's just popping out babies like it's nothing. So you can imagine how discouraged Hannah must have felt every time she compared herself to Penina, right? Every time she compared herself to this woman who was doing what she was supposed to do and was able to have kids. And Hannah's over here, she can't have anything. And how much she must have wished that she could be more like her. And we don't have to imagine you hard, right? To be able to put ourselves in Hannah's shoes, right? Because we get this, right? you know, we all compare ourselves to other people that we wish that we were more like, right? That might be a close friend. That might be somebody who's dating that person you like. And it, maybe it's just that group of people who are in a certain fraternity or a certain sorority that you wish that you were in, right? There's all these people that we wish that we were more like. And for us, when we find ourselves scrolling through Instagram, that's the place where we see that these people have but we don't, right? Right, That's the place where we are going through our stories and we see that one of our close friends, our only single friend, is so excited that he gets to spend a night with that new special someone. And now we realize we're the only people in our circle who isn't in a relationship. Or it's weird that we we find ourselves taking this really good picture of ourselves, like after about five takes, but we finally get this really good picture that we're gonna post, right? And we're kind of excited about it because we feel like this is the picture that we're gonna post and we're gonna get all these likes and we're gonna get all these comments and we're gonna feel really good about ourselves, right? Just like what happens with so many other people that we follow. And so we post it with these great expectations and we check our phone every 30 seconds. And then after five minutes, we realize that nobody has liked it. So we do the only rational thing that you can do and we delete it, right? I don't know if you guys, I've done that before, just being honest with you guys. Um, you know, but, but in all those situations, right, the same things happen, right? So we can totally understand how Hannah feels here, can't we? Right, we know what it's like to feel discouraged because of what we don't have. And if Hannah not having kids didn't make her feel bad enough. This other wife, Panina, makes things even worse for Hannah. Because listen to what it says in verse six it says, Her rival, which is Panina, would taunt her severely just to provoke her, because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving. Whenever she went to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way every year, and Hannah wept and would not eat. Right, so this other part of the love triangle, she is ruthless to Hannah, isn't she? I mean, she is just pushing down on that bruise that causes so much pain in Hannah's life. I mean, to the point that Hannah is weeping and she can't even eat, she is so stressed out. But you know what makes this situation, what Panina says here, so devastating for Hannah is that everything Panina is saying to her is true, right? I mean, she's, she's right. Hannah can't have kids. She can't get pregnant. And see, that's what makes discouragement so painful and so personal is that oftentimes it's true about us. The thing that we're discouraged about is true, right? There isn't anybody in our life who wants to date us. The reason we had to delete that post is because nobody liked it. And the reason we do feel incomplete in our lives is because there's so many other people that we see that have what we don't. And so often when we find ourselves on Instagram, it kind of serves as the panina of our life, right? It serves as that thing that is taunting us. Because when we find ourselves on it, we find ourselves facing this hard reality that we're not who we want to be. And if not having kids wasn't enough, and if his other wife wasn't enough, unfortunately for Hannah, even her husband, Elkanah, isn't really doing much in this situation. Because this is what we read in the next verse. It says, Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah asked. Why don't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better than you? you than 10 sons. All right, so our boy Akana here is suffering from something called guy syndrome. It's this condition where you think the world revolves around you and it doesn't. Um, It's it's rare, but every guy has it. And so he's, you know, dude, the boy's got a good heart, right? We got to give it to him. He's got a good heart. He thinks that he's helping his wife, but clearly he is completely out of touch with reality. But right, he's completely out of touch with how discouraged this situation is making Hannah feel. I mean, he can't empathize with her. He can't empathize with how her not having kids is absolutely tearing her apart. So even though Hannah wants to be comforted here, she can't because Alcanna doesn't get it. And so often in our moments of discouragement, we want to be comforted too. But like Hannah, we find ourselves facing this this painful reality that empathy seems impossible, doesn't it? Right, it seems like nobody really understands what's causing us to go through so much pain, right? Not our parents, not our best friends, not even the people in our small group, right? Nobody seems to understand why this is causing us so much pain. Nobody seems to get it. And it's because in the midst of our discouragement, nobody else is hearing the voice that we hear. Nobody else is hearing the voice that is screaming in our heads that keeps telling us you're not good enough. Because that's the voice that all of us battle when we're discouraged. It's that voice that says we're not good enough compared to all these people on Instagram that seem like they're living this phenomenal life. or To all these different people who seem like they have it together and we don't. And so we feel like we're not good enough. We feel like that we're failing. We feel like that we should be doing something that clearly we're not. And so even though in those moments we want to be comforted, we can't. Because we, like Hannah, we can't escape this pain. Or we can't escape the the feelings that we have inside of us. And oftentimes, if we're honest, it feels like God really doesn't want us to. Because in the midst of all this, in the midst of our pain, it feels like God is doing something to kind of cause it to happen, right? Like either he's withholding something from us from some, for some reason, right? He's keeping something away from us that we want, that we need. He's not allowing us to have it or worse, he's punishing us. He's punishing us because it's something we must have done at some point in our life that we have no idea what it is now. And now we're having to reap the consequences of it. And see, that's why I think we hate pain so much is because pain feels like punishment. It feels like we've done something wrong. And so when we walk through this in our life, it feels like we're being punished because of something that we've done or something that we should have done and we didn't. And so we look at other people's lives and we see what's going on and we can't help but to just be discouraged because their life looks so much better than ours does. And because of that, that's when we find ourselves asking God these tough questions in the midst of it. Like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Like, what have I done? Like, why are you giving this person this great life and I'm over here hating mine? Like, why can't I catch a break? Why are you holding out on me? I mean, all of us in the room, every single person in this room completely understands and gets how Hannah feels in this story. And I know that is especially true for my life. See, so often in our life, what we specialize in often becomes where we're most insecure right, the thing that we're called to do day in and day out, that oftentimes becomes a sense of insecurity in our life. And so for me, that's teaching, right? Whether that's here on a Monday night or whether that's here but on a Sunday morning, I'm doing teaching all the time. That's what my job is. That's what I'm called to do. That's what I love doing. But because this is my specialty, it's often the place where I find myself comparing who I am to other people, right? Even guys that I've been friends with for a long time. Because that friend of mine back in high school ended up being totally cool with me dating that girl. So I got to avoid that love triangle that I wanted to, and him and I continued to remain friends long after me and that girl broke up. That we're still friends today. In fact, he is a college pastor just like I am in another state. And so last weekend, I'm on my phone, I'm on Instagram, and I'm going through the stories. And as I do, I come across his. And his story is something that somebody else has said about him that he decides to share. And what it was, it was a picture that somebody had posted of the podcast of his ministry. And on it, the person had commented, not even kidding when I say, this is one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. Man, when I saw that, it was amazing how quick this insecurity that I have in my life was just magnified. Because even though I had no idea who that person was, never met them, have no idea who it was, probably never will meet them. Them saying that bothered me. Because I didn't want them to say that about my friend. I wanted them to say that about me. And I wish I could tell you guys that this was an anomaly that doesn't happen that much in my life. The reality is this happens all the time. In fact, if I'm being real with you guys, I'm at the point now that I can't even watch sermon clips that pop up on my feed or that other people share because I'm afraid if I look at it, I'm gonna see that that person is a better teacher than me. And then I'm just gonna be discouraged. Because seeing videos or looking at posts that other people say about guys who are pastors like me Right? That's when that feeling of I'm not good enough comes into my life. And that's when I find myself feeling just like Hannah does in this story. So as Hannah is sitting here and she's dealing with this pain, right? She's dealing with this discouragement. She decides to do something. Right? She decides to go to this temple in Shiloh and to just unload on God are just to pour out her heart to him, to to just let him know what's going on and what's happening and to just beg him to give her a child, to just plead with him to do something in his life or her life. And so the midst of Hannah just, just passionately praying to God, there's a priest nearby named Eli and he sees her. But because Hannah is praying so intently, her mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. So the dude thinks she's intoxicated, right? He thinks she's had too much to drink. So he says something to her, but Hannah is very quick to explain to him what is actually happening. And that's what we see in verse 15. She says, no, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I have been pouring out my heart before the Lord. So Anna, Hannah explains here to this priest, Levi or Eli, what's going on, right? She's here at this temple because she is pouring out her heart to God because of this deep pain inside of her. And where Hannah finds herself at this moment in our story is so big because everything that we've talked about so far Right. All those years that she had to sit there and watch Panina have child after child after child when she had nobody. Right. All those insecurities that she has because she can't get pregnant. And all those times that she felt incomplete and that she wasn't good enough have led up to this moment. To this moment where Hannah is broken before God. And as Hannah is at this place where she is in pain and she's experiencing discouragement, she is at the exact place that God wants her to be. Because the whole time that we've walked through this story, we've been focusing on the pain that Hannah has been experiencing. But we can't miss why Hannah is experiencing this pain in the first place because it's very clear in this passage why this is happening. Because if you look back to verse five and you look back to verse six, you see two times the same thing being said, and it's that God is keeping Hannah from conceiving. So God is the reason that she can't get pregnant. Right? He's the one that is causing this infertility to happen in her life. And so what this means, and this is so big, please get this. In this moment, God wants Hannah to feel pain. I know, I know that makes you feel uncomfortable. That makes me feel uncomfortable even saying that to you. Because we never like to think about this idea that God wants us to experience pain. But when you look at this story and you see the context of what's happening, that's what's taking place. God has closed her womb. God is keeping Hannah from having what she wants. And so what this means is God is holding back on Hannah. God is keeping this child from her. But see, God's not doing it to punish her. God's doing this to push her. God is doing this to push Hannah to the point that she is crying out to God. To push Hannah so that she is pouring out her heart before him so that he can comfort her. See, so often we look at pain as being pointless, don't we? That's why it makes us feel very uncomfortable to think that God would want any of us to experience it. But the thing is, when God allows you to go through pain in your life, it is never pointless. Whenever you experience discouragement, there is a purpose behind it. And that purpose is to push you towards God to push you to the point that you were pouring out your heart before him the way that Hannah does, to the point that you were crying out to him because you're just broken. And God knows we need him to do this in our lives. Because what we often don't think about is the reason that we experience discouragement in our life, the root behind the discouragement that we face day in and day out is pride. Right, it's this desire to be the best, right? It's this desire to have this life that everybody that follows us will envy us and want to be like us, right? Pride is why we feel like we need more in our life. Pride is the reason that we feel like we're not doing good enough because we need to be doing better. And God knows this. And so God in his love and his grace towards you allowed you to walk through pain in your life in order to humble you, in order to break you, so that you realize that what you need in your life isn't more likes and it's not a more perfect life. What you need is more of Jesus. What you need is the one who was willing to come down To us and die on a cross because he knew that our biggest problem is that we would never be good enough to get to him on our own. The one who rose from the dead and conquered death so that we wouldn't have to have a life that's incomplete, but instead we could have a relationship with a God whose love is better than life itself. to help us to run towards the one that the father scripture says was pleased to crush, right? God wanted Jesus to experience pain on the cross because he knew that's how we could be forgiven. And that's how we could be called a child of God in our life. But so often we forget this. So often, this slips our minds. And so, God allows us to walk through pain in our life in order to get our attention, in order to shout at us. Now, I love what C.S. Lewis says about pain. He talks about how in our pleasure, God whispers at us. But the thing is, you can ignore a whisper. But he says, in our pain, God shouts. God shouts at us, and you can't ignore a shout. He shouts at us because he wants us to know, he wants us to remember that it's not about getting more likes and having a more perfect life. If we want to feel complete, we can only find that in Jesus. So the discouragement that you are facing in your life, know that it is not pointless. God is using it to push you towards him. And so like Hannah, we've got to embrace that. We've got to embrace what God is doing. We have to pour out our heart before him. Because see, when Hannah does this, if you continue to read verses 16 and on, what you'll find out is that Hannah pours out her heart for God and that God actually decides to give her what she is begging him for. And when you pour out your heart to God, he might do the same thing for you. I hope he does. He does but even if he doesn't, please know that God is still doing something in your pain. He is still trying to teach you something. Find comfort in that. Find comfort knowing that your pain has purpose. And allow that to bring you so much encouragement in the midst of your discouragement. And it should, right? Because what that means is all those insecurities that you have in your life right now, you have those for a reason. You're not like that person that you envy so greatly for a reason. You're not dating that person that you want to be with for a reason. And you don't have more likes and more followers for a reason because God is using the discouragement in your life to teach you something. So find comfort in knowing that your pain has purpose. And so as we wrap up, here's my challenge to you. Right, when you find yourself on Instagram and you find yourself experiencing discouragement, the first thing I want you to do is put down your phone and to talk to God, to unload on God, to tell him how you feel, to pour out your heart about what is going on inside of it and what's causing you so much pain in your life. And then after you do that, I want you to ask God, what do you want to teach me through this? Right? Because if our pain has purpose, then we should ask God that question. We should say, okay, God, what are you doing in this? What are you trying to teach me through this moment of discouragement? And for all of us, that's gonna be a lot of different things. For some of you, you're going through discouragement because God wants to humble you. He wants to destroy that pride inside of you. For others of you, God wants to teach you to trust him. To trust him that even though your life isn't perfect, even though there's things that are happening that you don't understand, even though everything is completely out of your control, he wants you to trust him. And for some of you, God wants to teach you to be content to be content with who you are, to be content with who you're not with and to be content with where you are in your life. And then for others of us, God wants to teach us to change our standard of greatness. Because we talked about last week, that's a process that's not gonna happen overnight. Because so often in our life, the reason we don't feel like we're good enough is because we have this wrong standard. And we feel like we're not living up to it. But if you remember what we talked about last week is that the standard of greatness that Jesus sets is not that we're supposed to be in the best place, but we're supposed to be in last place. So God is trying to teach you to change your standard. So please know that your pain isn't pointless, but it has a purpose and ask God what he is trying to teach you in that purpose so that we can overcome these emotions in our lives so we can learn to replace discouragement with encouragement. And we can look more like Jesus every single day. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for just the example of Hannah that we see in this story the example of this person who's gone through so much pain in her life and she doesn't get it, she doesn't understand it, but in the midst of it, she chooses to pour out her heart before you. And so God, as we sing these last three songs, my prayer and my hope is that we would be like Hannah, that we would just pour our hearts before you, that we would let you know of all the pain that we're experiencing inside of us, God, that we would ask you then to teach us what you're trying to in the midst of it. And that the entire time we would hold on to this amazing hope that our pain has purpose. It's not pointless, God. It is there for a reason. And may that allow us to rest in your grace tonight. May that allow us to sing of your love. And may that allow us to look more like Jesus. In his name I pray, amen.